If you're starting a business and you need help to create a solid business blueprint, then make sure you book in for a free information session to learn about my Passion to Profit program. Click the link in the show notes to book. Hey there, everyone. It's nice to see you again. Today, I want to talk about 17 proven niches for health and wellness coaches that are viable and can earn you a good income. And I think the first thing to say is that when you're specific about who you want to help, then it makes it much easier for you to create value around the service that you offer. And it gives you a more clear, crisp and concise marketing message. When you have that clarity, you will more likely run a profitable and successful business. And what I want to do today is talk about 17 proven viable niches for health and wellness coaches. Now, today's episode is based on my experience in doing business coaching with a number of people over the last five years who have gone on to create those successful businesses. And in all cases, it was only when they made the leap to diving into a niche that they were successful. So let's just start with a basic understanding of niches because people often come to me and they say, will my business succeed? Which niches are most successful for coaches? Is my niche actually going to work? And so I want to start with some basic concepts about what niches are, just so that you're clear and how to spot whether your niche is likely to be successful. Firstly, let's start with the concept of a target market. And that's where you have a group of buyers that have a similar problem or similar characteristics. And in health and wellness coach, coaching generally, target markets might be things like weight loss, stress management, mental health, those sorts of things, or specific chronic diseases. So they're target markets in that there are a lot of people in those areas that want help, but it's not very specific. And within each of those specific target markets, you will find niches. For example, in weight loss, you will find different, maybe 10, 15 different niches that are viable. And some of them are not viable. So when you think about starting a business, you need to be really clear on the difference between a target market and then the more specific problem group within that, which is called a niche, where you have that group of similar people with a very specific similar problem, like a cohort, you could call them. So then the question arises, well, what does make a viable niche? How do you know when you're starting out that what you want to do is actually going to earn you money? Well, I like to reference internet guru Frank Kern because he really knows his stuff. And there are, are a few specific traits of a viable niche in his mind. That is, there are a very large number of people with a specific problem. Secondly, that problem is so big and so painful that people are desperate to solve it. The third thing is that people will actually spend money to solve it. And if you were thinking about the health and wellness coaching context, I would say somebody that wants to spend at least $500 to solve their problem, to get that help, is part of a viable niche. Also, you need to be able to access that niche easily. That means they're not living in a camp in Siberia somewhere. You need to be able to get in front of those, those people to talk about what you do and to connect with them. And I want to make an additional point here. As a service-based business where you're selling a relationship like coaching, your niche also needs to contain high chemistry clients. And that means people that you have a very strong rapport because you have similar values or a similar life experience or you've been on that similar journey. So that last part is really important for attracting and 
connecting with those clients who will eventually buy from you. Without that rapport, they may be interested in what you're doing, but you may not be the right person for them. So just be really clear on that last point. Um, one of the key things that allows you to find a viable niche, aside from those traits, is that usually the person that needs help has some very strong values-related drivers behind their desire to change. For example, they've had a health scare and they're afraid of dying or having a significant shift in their quality of life. Or maybe their family is critically important to them and they want to be around to support their family and to be a good role model. That would need to be a very strong driver for them. Maybe they're achievement orientated, such that they want to perform better, be more productive or start a business. Maybe they're at a certain age or stage of life, like midlife crisis or perimenopause or something like that, or going through pregnancy where there has been a significant shift in what's going on for them. Maybe they've had a diagnosis of something. I mentioned a health scare, but they could actually be diagnosed with a chronic disease. Maybe they desperately want better relationships or perhaps they're just so sick of feeling sick and flat and tired and exhausted all the time. And that could be as much a mental situation as a physical one. What you hear in all of those is this common thread that something has been thrust upon them, this change, something that they're faced with or confronted by that feels really awful and uncomfortable and they want to get away from that and they're desperate to change so that they can get a better outcome and start feeling better. So in other words, the people that are going to be a viable niche are going to have a huge why. And it may be a why that's bigger than themselves, but likely the why is to get away from some terrible discomfort or pain. And another key trait of a niche that's viable is that they'll already be spending money on things like physio, gym, chiropractor, acupuncture, massage. They'll be spending money on disposable income on services that are non-essential but are going to improve their health and well-being. So those are some of the, the traits and I think the critical factor is that why and for you in terms of looking for high chemistry clients, that common ground and those shared values. So if you are working with a niche at the moment and you're wondering why you're not getting traction or whether it's really a viable niche, think about some of those traits and consider how passionate your niche is about change. It may be that they're more interested in having fun, finding pleasure in life, or they're too busy, like they haven't quite reached that tipping point into some sort of crisis. The, the values or the drivers may not be strong enough. So have a think about that as well. Now, I want to talk about four target markets and 17 viable niches within them. And the first target market I want to talk about is weight loss. This is one I know very well because I've had my own successful coaching program in this area, which I ran personally for three and a half years and then licensed. So there are several niches that are successful within that target market of weight loss. And one of the reasons I think weight loss is such a successful niche is because the problem is really visible. If you're overweight, everyone can see it and it feels horrible and it's a huge risk for chronic disease. So there are lots of factors that drive people to want to look good. They want to, it's for aesthetic reasons, it's for health reasons, it's confidence, it's um, being, being able to be more active. There are a lot of things that weight loss um, prevents or gets in the way of and so it becomes an obstacle to 
things that people want to achieve. And so it qualifies something as people that something that people take seriously and really want to solve. But you know, not every overweight person is motivated to change. There are, you know, two-thirds of our population is overweight or obese. And yet it's only a small group of people that actually find the courage and confidence and the will and the motivation to change and to seek help to change. So please remember that. And not to go into that too deeply, but just remember that there are those different stages of change and at any time only a small percentage of your niche is going to be in that ready-to-change stage. And that's where your marketing is going to bring them to the point of making a decision and actually taking the leap to work with you. So here are a few viable niches in the health and wellness coaching space related to weight loss. The first one is post-pregnancy weight loss. So think about that. Somebody's had a baby and they've gained weight. They've had all their children now and they want to get back to where they were before. They're not too, too far gone. I'm saying that in inverted commas. They can see that the gap is not too big, but they're worried about uh, if they leave it too long, it will be too hard. So there is that motivation after having children to get your body back on track. Those, those are the kinds of words we hear people losing. There's also another stage of life where women especially tend to gain weight. That's around perimenopause and menopause. Now, of course, men go through menopause as well and they can gain weight. But this is one area that is a, a, is a time of life kind of driver for people to look at their health and their weight and to make a decision to do something. And Christine Gardner is an example of someone working successfully in that space. And um, with Christine and all the others I mentioned, there are links to their website so that you can check them out. There are weight loss um, programs for metabolic imbalances, so people with cravings and love handles and just feeling a bit sluggish and wanting to, to get back on track and to eat a bit better. And a block is an example of someone in that space knowing that that's like a pre-diabetes kind of space and if things get too far down the track, they may become ill. So it's a preventative kind of program that Anna's doing. There's also weight loss for sports performance and this tends to be the sort of thing where they people want to lose the last five kilos or they need to cut down for a bodybuilding or uh, figure shape competition or something like that. So th those are other places where people are driven to lose weight and I haven't linked to anybody in here I don't know any coaches specifically working in that space uh, there's also weight loss of over eight kilos which and Irena Geller is a great example of that and you might ask well why over eight kilos why did I pick that number and the reason is that I think eight kilos is a bit of a tipping point that's in my experience from my business people who want to lose up to five kilos don't take it so seriously or aren't that worried about it. But once their weight gets up to around eight kilos, that's when they start to think, I'd better do something before it gets too serious. So once people are at around that eight kilo mark and above, they tend to be much more concerned about the health implications of their weight and not just the way they look and feel. And it tends to be a driver for them to take action. That's just in my personal experience. So thinking of these niches I've just talked about, and there are a few there, um, obviously you can hear those sorts of drivers that I mentioned earlier, the desire to achieve in the case of sports, the desire to look good, to avoid chronic illness, or maybe to be better supportive of the people around them can be another reason. Um, and also note that in weight loss, particularly different niches 
might want to change different sets of habits. And that's another good reason to change, uh, to, to niche down, is if you are working with lots of different people who want to lose weight, they're all going to be there for different reasons and they may not connect well with each other. So here are some examples of what I mean about these sets of habits. If you're looking at weight loss in a high-pressure corporate job environment, those people might have gained weight because they're sedentary, sitting at the desk all day, and maybe eating and drinking too much as part of their work culture. Like some workplaces have a culture of going out to eat and drinking a lot of alcohol. And so those factors can cause a weight gain, and that may be a, a key set of habits that those sorts of people want to change. On the other hand, some people may be overweight because they overeat or eat sweets to cope with stress or boredom. Maybe they're at home all the time or they're juggling family and part-time job. And so they may have a different set of drivers for them to gain weight, therefore a different set of habits that they need to change. Another example is shift workers. They have disrupted sleep patterns, hormones are all over the place, maybe irregular meals and poor food choices perhaps. And so those are another set of habits that might need to be looked at. So just a final word on weight loss and those niches. In just about all cases of weight gain, hormonal issues and stress are almost always implicated. So whichever niche you target in weight loss, please know that hormonal imbalances and stress are probably upstream of those habits that people have. For example, if people are stressed, they're probably going to want to eat convenient food or unhealthy food. That tends to be a driver. Or if people have insulin resistance, they're more likely to have sugar cravings. So those sorts of things are very important and need to be addressed in any weight loss program. So you can see in that case that the needs of the people you're targeting are going to vary depending on their life situation. So what about the target market of mental health? This is another one much like weight loss where there are multiple niches around that are viable for health and wellness coaches. And obviously mental health challenges can be extremely confronting and painful and may be evident or obvious to the people around you. Very motivating to um, change if you're in this space because uh, you don't want to feel that pain and discomfort of stress or anxiety or any sort of mental health condition. And there are several viable niches in the mental health target market. These might sound very different to you when I talk about them, but they are all niches within mental health. And so once again, you'll be able to see why it's important to drill down and be a bit more specific. One aspect could be career stress. So finding a job, keeping a job, managing your job, um, and, and maintaining your mental stability and, and coping with that. And Tracy Bussey is an example. She's actually a life coach, but she's working in this space. Stress and self-care is another one, and Narelle King is working in this space with mums particularly. Mental health issues and NDIS, so if you have a mental health condition, that's a different niche altogether as well. And Neil Cumming is working in this space. Uh, mental health at work and related to what you eat and your exercise and those sorts of things. Jessica Cairns is working in that space. There's grief and loss, and that's another form of a mental health issue. Julie Jensen is working in this space. And Julie is also working in the space of personal organising, which is different from grief and loss, but can be related. 
There's also peak performance and anxiety in high achieving people, especially those in sports. And Annalise Brandel is working in this space. Midlife crisis, I think, is probably also another successful niche. I don't know any coaches working in that space, but I would reckon that it would be something that people are trying to get a handle on for a period of a couple of years of their life. When people are struggling to cope with mental health issues, then greater skill sets may be required, but not always. So I mentioned Julie Jensen. She's a trained counsellor and psychotherapist, for example, and Jessica Cairns is a nutritionist. But it doesn't mean that you have to have those qualifications because health and wellness coaches can legitimately work in the mental health market um, and just remain in their scope of practice by focusing on safe effective changes to daily health habits that will improve uh, mental health, build resilience and, and improve their coping skills. So mental health is a big area and a growing area too. Another target market, and this is going to sound like a strange one, but it does actually work for some coaches, is self-image. Now self-image is often a goal of a coaching program. When people change, they're going to change their self-image. They're going to become a different person. But a lot of people don't really realise that at first. However, there are some people who are quite awake and aware that their self-image is um, not as it could be. And so they're quite focused on improving that. So some people who have been successful in this area are Asha Holland, who works with women around, particularly teenage girls and women in their early 20s, around body confidence and body image. That's a great uh, example of a successful self-image type of niche. Danielle Dobson's also somebody that's working in self-image. She's working with women in corporate settings who are not backing themselves and don't have a lot of confidence in themselves, but they're trying to get into managerial positions and perhaps, you know, facing gender issues as well. So that confidence and courage and self-image is in the workplace is where Danielle Dobson's working. She's written a great book called The Gender Code. Also, in terms of coping skills, self-confidence and purpose, now this is an area that Sarah Rusbatch is working in. And although she might say she's a sobriety coach, when you look at what she's doing and the women she's working with, the reason that they're drinking is because they're not sure what their purpose is and they're a bit lost and they're using drinking as a coping mechanism. So I, I could say that Sarah is a sobriety coach, but she helps women to cope better and to find their purpose and direction in life which is much more about self-image than it is about drinking. You might notice that there's some overlap in these niches with the mental health ones, and that's pretty normal. You could probably also say with the weight loss niches. But um, I want to talk a little bit more about confidence particularly because there are some nuances about this one. Now, I've talked about some specific types of niches and specific areas for confidence just now. And a lot of coaches come to me and say, I want to help people to be more confident. The thing to recognise is that there's a lot of people that aren't very confident in certain areas of life, but they're not motivated enough to do something about it. It's not a big enough pain point. And then the question becomes, well, who are the people who are lacking in confidence but are really desperate to do something about it? What might they be driven by? And so if you think about those drivers and values I mentioned earlier, the answer to that question becomes fairly clear. It comes down to a situation where confidence is going to help hold them back from 
feeling safe and secure, from connecting with people or from earning money, basically. Here are some examples. Let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're starting out in business, but you're struggling to put yourself out there. In that case, a lack of confidence is getting in the way of you creating a viable business. So coaching around confidence for entrepreneurs would be a good area to look at. There's also people who have been out of the workforce for a while. Maybe they've been traveling or they've had kids and they're lacking a bit of confidence, but they desperately want to get back into having a paid job. So that could be another area where confidence is relevant for that specific niche. Maybe there's somebody who's been who's sick of feeling ashamed of themselves and beating themselves up and they want to feel happier and to love themselves more. And maybe there are people who want a bigger and better life um, and are using unhealthy habits to kind of buffer that, to, to manage their feelings. So this market, this area of confidence generally is a little less clear cut than others, but I really think you can be successful if you can find the right angle, like what is the purpose for becoming more confident? If that's a big why, if it's driven by money or connection or security, then it's probably going to be a viable niche. So the last target market I want to talk about is chronic diseases. Now think about this, and I will say it's an emerging area for coaches. There aren't that many working in this space, but it is a very viable area. Imagine that you've just been diagnosed with a chronic illness. It's going to turn your world upside down. Change is going to be thrust upon you. Maybe it's a degenerate condition that you can't recover from or it's going to come quite rapidly. It, it may be fatal or it may be non-fatal. But the difference here is that with those other niches like confidence and weight loss and mental health, maybe and maybe less so mental health, but they're generally things that you could recover from, whereas chronic disease may not be. Let's say you're confronted with a diagnosis of something like MS or something like that where you're, you're going to go through a degenerative process. It means that the way that you've lived your life until now isn't going to keep working. You're going to have to change the way you live your life. You're going to have to learn to accept that condition and maybe to find a new way of looking after yourself, of changing some habits to improve your quality of life according to how your disease is going to progress. So this is a really um, powerful area. And I think in, in my limited experience, I think people are going to be more hopeful about change and more motivated to make change fairly soon after a diagnosis or after they've come to accept their condition. Now, there's two sides to that. You may have been diagnosed with something like diabetes and think, okay, it hasn't progressed very far. I can get in early and do something about that. So that's a non-fatal condition um, that can be managed. Whereas um, somebody who perhaps has had cancer and come through surgery may not yet feel ready or accepting enough to do something and it may be a couple of years before they're ready to tackle that. So there are things, there are nuances again in the chronic uh, disease area, but it's something worth exploring. And some viable niches that I can speak to are firstly multiple sclerosis. Now Megan Shootermaker is an example of this. She's an OT and she does a little bit on the side from her main job in this area, working with people around quality of life. 
for people with multiple sclerosis. Lou Brown is also an example of someone working in chronic disease. She's working with people with ADHD. Joy Downs is a graduating coach at the moment who's targeting diabetes and has already had some success, I believe. Another interesting area is ankylosing spondylitis. If you don't know what that is, go and look it up. It's, it's a de degenerative condition of the spine and it causes pain and it's related to inflammation. And Amanda Manns is working in this space. I'm sure that we'll see other coaches jumping into specific chronic disease areas and Coaches who work in those areas have often had their own experience with disease or they may have another qualification uh, or, or a profession where they're treating people with that condition and they're seen as a bit of a specialist in that area. But lived experience is just as powerful as any other qualification. Just let me say that. So I've talked about a lot of niches, 17 in total, and in summary, being specific about who you want to work with is really important for targeted marketing and to create programs that offer real and relevant value to the people that you want to work with. But first, you have to find that viable niche with enough people with a very big and painful issue that they're willing to pay money to solve. I've talked about 17 examples in this podcast, in this video, if you're watching on YouTube. And this is for health and wellness coaches, and I think there are others that have great potential. But the four target markets that I've talked about today are weight loss, mental health, self-image, and specific chronic diseases. I will also add that there are other target markets and niches that are viable. I've only talked about a few of them. So if you're feeling like you have a great idea and you want to turn it into a viable business and you're not quite sure which way to go, which niche would be best suited to you or how to turn that idea into a thriving and profitable business, make sure you check out the link in the show notes to my information session for my next Passion to Profit program, which is coming up soon. And in any case, if you have questions otherwise, feel free to reach out and ask for help because I'm always excited about bringing coaching to the world and your great idea could be something that everybody needs and wants. Thanks for being here today. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.